The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. He's a Hall of Famer, an Atlanta legend. And again this season, he's only on one station. And there it is, career strikeout number 1,000. Struck him out. Seven strikeouts through five. Hasn't allowed the Indians a hit. And that's 300 wins for Tom Glavin. It's the Tom Glavin Show, presented by Brown & Company Jewelers on Holcomb Bridge Road in Roswell and Peachtree Road in Buckhead, and by attorney Ken Nugent. One call, that's all. And joining us here via the Loud Security Systems Newsmaker line is Hall of Famer Tom Glavin, who joins us here on the home team in Hamilton Show in for Chuck and Turnoff on the fan, 680-937-FM. Tom, good afternoon. Good to catch up with you. How have you been doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm not happy with that weekend in Philadelphia, but uh, otherwise I'm doing well. How about you guys? We're doing fine. Everybody's disappointed. Uh, You know, and seeing the immediate reaction, I guess the fact that you were swept, that you couldn't salvage the season, that you get none of the bats going, led to a lot of the comments that you saw in the social media era. But we don't have to get rid of Rick Kranitz. We don't have to get rid of Snit. We do have to do some things better. What would you suggest we do as we head to D.C. and get a doubleheader this week with the Nationals? Aren't we surprised by all of that reaction three games into the season? But, my goodness, listen, uh, I will I will be willing to make one bet uh today after three games in Philadelphia, I bet you that this team hits uh, and hits a lot as the season goes on. So I'm not too worried about it. I mean, I thought, I thought Snit's line um, after the series of saying that the sweep this weekend felt, felt a whole lot different than the sweep in 2019. I agree with, I mean, that was a series they went in there and they just got beat every which way to Sunday. This is a series where you just went in and, and you ran up against some good pitching. And, and when you look at the National League East this year, a lot of people talk about the National League East being the toughest division in baseball. That's part of the reason why. You've got several teams in this division that can go three deep in their rotation and they can make it tough on anybody who comes in to play them in a three-game series. So uh, you saw that uh, this weekend with Philadelphia. Their three guys threw the ball really well. The Braves, three guys threw the ball really well. Um, and I think anybody who follows this team and knows this team knows that this team is going to hit and uh, you know if had they gone in there and just gotten you know annihilated in games where their pitching didn't get anybody out I'd be a little bit more concerned about that than I am about not scoring any runs in a three-game series against and against a really three tough pitching opponents they're going to hit. They're going to be fine. Hall of Fame pitcher Tom Glavin joining us here via the Loud Security Systems newsmaker line. When I looked at Ian Anderson's uh, pitch breakdown, 25 change-ups, 25 four-seamers, 24 curveballs. You're talking about a young guy who came in and kept a really good hitting team off balance. What were some of the positives you took out of what the pitchers were able to do because the bats just didn't get hot enough? Well, I think you saw what makes the Braves rotation exciting for people, right? Um, you look at the top three guys. Now, granted, Max Fried did not have his A game, 
but he did what a good pitcher does. He went out there with his B game or maybe a C-plus game and gave you a really good chance to win. That's what you want out of your top guys. The other two guys, you know, I thought Charlie threw the ball well, uh, just a victim of uh, a little bit of bad luck, you know, some soft hits that kind of came back to, to bite him a little bit. So, you know, you're going to have some of that too. And then with Ian, uh, Ian, I think, just went out there and did what we saw out of him last year, which I think everybody is, I guess if there's a um, – I hate to say a question mark, but I can't think of a better term at the moment. But obviously the question mark with Ian is, okay, can you now do what you did last year with a a scouting report on you now? People know you. Um, What are you going to do to stay ahead of the curve? Uh, And when you talk about a a young kid who can go out there and have the pitch distribution that he had – that makes it really hard on an offense to have a game plan. You know, I mean, I've, I always talk about uh, from a pit, from a hitting standpoint, if a hitter can eliminate a pitch from a pitcher or a hitter can eliminate a side of the plate from a pitcher, it makes his job a whole lot easier to be able to do that. But when you've got a guy who equally distributes his pitches and equally distributes them for strikes, it makes it really hard to sit on anything or guess with him. Tom, how early um, in a game when you realize that you don't have it? You know, or is it a bullpen, a bull, uh, a bullpen session on the side throwing? When, when you really, really, really realize that you don't have it? For me, it was always the first inning, um, and you know, I obviously had uh, was notorious for not having good first innings, but that wasn't always indicative of the stuff that I brought out there one, on a given day. You know, I I've said it often, and I and it's true. I I didn't necessarily pay attention to what I did in the bullpen because trust me, there were days where I had a warm up session and I came out of there like gangbusters, thinking I'm going to throw a shout out, and I got killed. And then there were other days where I came out of there and went in the dugout and getting ready to cross the line, thinking, Oh my God, what am I going to do today? And I throw a shout out. So you know, you just don't know what's going to click or not click when you get out there. But I think. It's pretty evident early on, um, you know, at least for, you know, for a guy like me, it was never so much about stuff, maybe a little bit with my changeup uh, because I was looking for certain movement and things like that. But it wasn't stuff in terms of I was going to throw a fastball by you or stuff that, hey, I had great bite on my curveball because I didn't throw a lot of curveballs. For me, it was generally location driven. If I was hitting my spots, I felt like I could survive. And then if I had the movement to go along with it, it was going to be a really good day, but I think that location aspect of it was pretty evident pretty early. Uh, we heard, uh, you know, manager Brian Snicker talk last week before Max Fried took the mound and said he might be on a pitch count, that there's a number in mind, and he ended up throwing, uh, I think, what, 90, 94 pitches. Is that one thing, something that the manager and the staff talks about? Do, do the pitchers know as well that they're on a, on a pitch count, or you guys are just going out there and pitching? I think early in the season, you know, there's going to be a little bit of a limitation. You know, it, it's it's pretty unlikely unless maybe you got a no hitter going, and that's probably a manager's worst fear early in the season, uh, is that a guy has a no hitter going and then you extend him longer than you really want to because he's chasing something. You know, I think for the most part, you're going to see your starting guys go out there and you know be around 90 to 110 max the first few times out. You know, it's a long year. Uh, And the last thing you want to do is go out there and ride a guy super hard in his first couple of starts uh, and then have him have to recover from that. You know, it's a little bit easier as you've built up some arm strength and some stamina to recover from those those kinds of games as the season goes on than it is early in the year. So, you know, like I said, I think most of the guys know that's there's going to be a little bit of, of a limitation, but. 
um, you know, I think you try not to think about it. You just try to go out there and be efficient so it doesn't become an issue. Hall of Fame pitcher Tom Glavin joining us here via the Loud Security Systems Newsmaker Line on the Home Team in Hamilton show in for Chuck and Chuck off on the fan, 680-93.7 FM. What you think about the bullpen? I really like Matzik. He came in, wasn't messing around. Four seamers, whiff, 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 throwing a lot of heat. And uh, the bullpen really kept a, a, a Phillies team that has a lot of expectations with their offense in checked and kept a lot of these games close and winnable for the Braves all weekend long. Yeah, no, I think the you know the bullpen did what you expected it to do. I mean, again, I think when you're trying to break this team down, uh, another one of those question marks is going to be the bullpen because you lost two of your guys on the back end, right? I mean, the back end of the bullpen was phenomenal last year and everybody knew it was the strength of the team, but now you've lost a couple of those guys. So, you know, what's going to happen with the dominoes that fall is, is, is uh, Will Smith going to be able to recapture what he was and become the closer. Uh, you obviously felt like it wasn't such a gamble to let guys go based on Matzik and Minter's performance last year. So now it's up to those two guys to step up and continue to do what they did last year that allowed you to think as an organization you could let some of these other guys go. And then you know what you're getting out of Tomlin. You know what you're getting out of Luke Jackson. I mean, uh, you, know, uh, you know he's got great stuff. It's, you know, and, and Sean Newcomb, those two guys, is command more than anything else. So I think we know what we have in the bullpen, but I think, again, the intrigue. And I think it's going to be a good bullpen. I really do. I think Will Smith is going to be just fine. I think last year was the anomaly uh, in his career, and I think he's going to be just fine. But that, to me, is the thing I'm interested in. Does Matzik and A.J. Minter have the kind of years they had last year over the full course of the season that made you feel like you could afford to let some of those other guys go? Hall of Fame pitcher Tom Glavin joining us here via the Loud Security Systems Newsmaker line here on the fan, 680-93.7 FM. When do you need to worry? And obviously, we don't need to do it now. There's only three games in. But when do you need to worry, and what are the things you need to look for if there are problems that can be cut off at the pass? Well, I mean, I think you might have reason to have a little bit more worry in three days because they're going into Washington and getting ready to face three more really good starting pitchers. So, you know, again, that gets back to the beast of the East, right? you got a chance to run up against you know, really good starting pitching in back-to-back series, and you could lose four out of six or, or something like that and, and not look very good. I think what you have to look for in this team is you have to look for quality at-bats. You know, if you recall last year at the start of the year, everybody was up in arms because they struck out a lot to start the year last year. And then they righted that, and they became a really good offensive team. So if you're making contact, putting the ball in play, having good at bats, then, then I, you know, at some point you got to tip your hat to the to the pitchers a little bit. Uh, like I said, I'd be a little bit more concerned if they were losing games because their pitching wasn't getting guys out. Um, but you know, again, I think you're going to see a couple more days here as you get ready to face, you know, Scherzer and Corbin and, and et, et cetera. You could see some more really tough games and some close games, and and the offense might struggle, but. You know, there again, I think initially in the early part of the season, I think the pitching has the advantage. And, and I, I would suggest by probably that first homestand or maybe mid first homestand, you're going to see what this offense is about. Tom, Ray Charles could have seen that uh, that ball to Acuna Jr. was a ball and not a strike. I just wanted to ask you from your opinion, would you welcome in computerized balls and strikes? Are you still too old school to lean that way? <laughs> Look, it, it, it's uh, it's hard enough for me to um, kind of suffer through instant re- replay in today's game. Um, 
I, I, I just don't like the thoughts of a computerized strike zone. I think uh, that's part of the humanity of the game, so to speak. Uh, that's part of the gamesmanship, so to speak. Listen, as much as they try to uniform the strike zone, you're going to have umpires that have different strike zones. Maybe not as drastic as it was when I first came into the league, but you're going to have some guys who are aggressively calling strikes, some guys who don't. And it's up to everybody to kind of know that and learn that and understand that. And that's part of the gamesmanship of the game that I love uh, in the back and forth, trying to gain strikes and gain strike zones and do all that stuff I think is fun. And, you know, we all see how, how, uh, how with instant replay, the art of the argument from the manager has been taken out of the game. And to be perfectly honest with you, I miss it. And lastly, Tom, you know, it's early in the season and, you know, sometimes one side has to pick up another. If you know your uh, batters are going through something, the pitchers have to be a little bit more dialed in or vice versa. Um, Are there times when that needs to happen early in the season because guys just have things individually to work on before collectively there needs to be an approach change, I believe, this far in only three games into the season? No, I think there are times where certain aspects of your team are are in a doldrum, so to speak, and the other the other portion of the team has to pick them up, right? You know, it's like uh, the age-old saying that, you know, when your offense is struggling, well, you know, starting pitcher, it's not against the rules to go out there and throw a shutout. So go out there and pick your offense up. Don't make them have to score five runs. Uh, so there are times like that. I think early on right now after three games, I don't know that anybody feels that way just yet, but I can promise you uh, that – next game against Washington, you're going out there and you know Max Scherzer's pitching against you on the other side, you got to figure you can't afford to give up too many runs because that guy doesn't give too many up. So you got to try to give your offense a chance as best you can. So I think there are certainly situations like that throughout the year. Um, but I think it's too early for for the pitchers to say, hey, we got to pick up the offense. They're in a funk right now. They're just three games in and they saw three pretty good pitchers. Well, Tom, uh, certainly not the start that everybody wanted, uh, and we have time to clean things up. You you had a career batting average of 186, so uh, another week of this, you'll you be swinging some wood the way that the Braves are going. <laughs> Maybe we'll give you a call to see if you can come back out, but I think a lot of people think things are going to be fine, and we thank you for joining us here today on the home team in Hamilton, Joe. Yeah, I think things will be just fine, guys. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. Hall of Famer Tom Glavin joining us here via the Loud Security Systems Newsmaker Line. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car-buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. Fifty years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest 
largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.